apologies to anyone who actually watched this movie this week. Um, <laughs> this was a bad one. Yeah. Um, Hamilton was great, though. Hamilton I, was really yeah. great. I enjoyed it. Yep. So we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. But right yeah. now, we're going to talk about a crappy movie instead of a really awesome one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, honestly, uh, I think we're going to get right to it because uh, this movie lets you know right off the bat that it's terrible. Yes. Um, so what was your first clue? I'm trying to remember the beginning because I know there was stuff at the very beginning. So, so oh yeah, it's where like he was in the like he was in there trying to uh, kill that guy. Okay, so the moment that I am informed that neither the producers, the stars, or anybody cared about this movie is the opening gun barrel sequence where they recycle Sean Connery's old gun barrel <laughs> yeah. sequence. Um, afterwards, uh, we immediately go to a random cut of a Japanese man being punched. Not in frame, just slightly out of frame. Uh, and he proceeds to get beat up. I don't even... Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That had nothing to do with the rest of the movie, huh? So, the opening of the movie is... I guess we'll get right to it, to the plot, is uh, James Bond beating up people to find out where Blofeld is. Yes. And uh, us hearing his badly ADR'd voice as he tries to track him. Uh, he beats up a Japanese man. Uh, he strangles a uh, woman with, with her, her own bikini top. Um, I'm like, that was, I'm like, really? And then, well, we, we need to let everyone know right off the top that Sean Connery's James Bond hates anyone who's not a white person and hates women. We need you to know that up front, <laughs> that he's a terrible human being. Yes. And we're rooting for him because, well, it's not because he's trying to get revenge for the murder of his wife, because she never comes up. Right. So this this movie is uh, a sequel to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I stated last week is unquestionably my favorite of the James Bond movies thus far. Yeah. And it is easily the best. This is the biggest steaming pile of <laughs> dog poop yes. that I have ever had the misfortune of watching. Yeah, I was watching like the first big fight scene um, once he thinks he finds Blofeld um, at the beginning, and there's so many, so many inconsistencies, so many things where it's like. He goes to bash this guy over the head, but he doesn't actually hit him, and the guy's got his, his head's cracked open. And then this other guy who puts in this pool of mud that he'd already been in, and he was breathing under it, but now he pushes him in there, and all of a sudden it kills him in like two seconds. Well, it's because James pushed him in. Before, he was having a good time, but when James <laughs> pushed him, it was different. It was very different. That Even whole, though it was exactly the same, it was very different. <laughs> that whole fight scene in the beginning, there was nothing about that that was like, um, like it's like kids just play fighting. It, it was. It doesn't even so, seem like a something so, a movie theater or movie uh, director would make. So, let's let's get back to the topic at yeah. hand uh, before we just bash on this movie for two hours straight. <laughs> um, 
full disclosure up front as we go into this, I have I had never before this week seen this movie from beginning to end. And whoo, brother, was I better off for it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched this one yet. Um, Don't worry about it. I wouldn't seek it out because it's not great. Um, unless your goal is to get together with a bunch of people. Rip it. Uh, may there may or may not be controlled substances with you and just <laughs> riff on this film because it is I I can tell you that without any controlled substances it was not a good movie um, riffing on it made it marginally better but <laughs> it's a it's a stinker it I how James Bond survived this film in particular is beyond me what's astounding to me is that at the time it was critically well received that's amazing to me this movie was released one year before one of the greatest films of all time one of my favorite films to ever be released the godfather a cinematic masterpiece even now you can go back and watch that film it holds up acting directing action it all holds up yeah. this movie was released one year before and is a trash fire. Yes. So, getting back to it, we started off with the Japanese man being thrown through a wall, uh, the woman being strangled with her own bikini top. We now move over to a scene in a laboratory that somehow looks futuristic and Stone Age simultaneously, <laughs> um, where we meet our new uh, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, played by, by Charles Gray. If he looks familiar, that's because he was an informant two movies ago for Sean Connery, <laughs> and he is easily the most British person in this film, primarily because, here's a spoiler for you, it takes place in the U.S. <laughs> so, um, we'll get to that shortly. Um, so, Bond is on the hunt for Blofeld. He never really says why. Uh, he... Uh, Sneaks in, kills a guy who's already apparently take, taking a mud bath. It's at this point when Blofeld comes around the corner. Uh, it's revealed that the guy in the mud bath was being surgically altered to look like Blofeld. Um, Blofeld holds Bond at gunpoint. Bond raises his hands as the henchman comes to take Bond's gun. Gotcha! He's got a mousetrap in his coat. <laughs> because that's how spies walk around. Yeah. Um, Bond drowns Blofeld in the mud uh, that, as we said earlier, the guy was already submerged in the mud anyhow. And uh, at this point, my notes say, wow, this movie sucks. <laughs> um, then we roll into the title song, Diamonds Are Forever. And I write, wow, this song sucks. Yeah, um, you fast forwarded through that. It's easily... There might be one more Bond movie where the song, I view the song as stinking that bad, mm -hmm. but I might be wrong because <laughs> I think there's something so absurd about the song All Time High. We'll get to that in a few movies um, that I kind of appreciate that song. Diamonds Are Forever, I despise as a song. Um, not the worst song in the world. Um, I'm not going to make any commentary because it might not I will say one. the best part of that part is whenever they had the cat in it. Oh, Blofeld's cat? Yeah. With the diamond, with the diamond. necklace. Just to justify why this the song is about <laughs> diamonds after him drowning someone in a pool of mud. Yeah. 
Oh, this movie. Um, so we come out of this scene, and Sean Connery is following him around at a museum. And I note, even Sean Connery looks bored at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, getting into a little behind the scenes uh, at this point, Sean Connery left. He had had a falling out with the producers. In comes Lazenby, makes Honor Majesty's Secret Service, decides, ah, Bond movies are dumb, and leaves. And so they're looking for a new actor. But some of the producers, not uh, Broccoli and Saltzman, really, really, really wants uh, Connery back. So they pay him $1.22 million mm. to come back and play James Bond. And he phones in it the whole time. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. He, he is easily put on 20 pounds. He is wearing a toupee that is very obviously a toupee. Uh, the changes here and there throughout the movie. Um, it's... It's just bad. Uh, so at this point, we get some commentary on diamond mining, uh, where uh, there's a dentist who uh, smuggles diamonds out of diamond miners' uh, mouths. Uh, at this point, we are introduced to Mr. Went and Mr. Kid, uh, who kills the corrupt dentist with a scorpion down the shirt. And he dies so fast. Like uh, they drop the scorpion and he drops dead. I'm like, yes. I don't think that's how it works. I wish I loved anything as much as they enjoy just messing with people. <laughs> um, but uh, at this point, uh, they have smuggled the uh, the diamonds over to who the dentist was supposed to meet. And uh, they take off in a helicopter and they blow up the helicopter. <laughs> they then walk away hand in hand. Because Mr. Went and Mr. Kid are first openly gay couple uh, who are henchmen. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, I have seen this movie from beginning to end. I don't know how they fit into anything. From beginning to end of this movie, they never report to Blofeld. They never report to anyone. It's like they are just a gay Bonnie and Clyde out to just mess with people. Yeah. Um, as, as we continue through the movie, I will bring them up now and again. I have watched this movie from beginning to end. I do not know how they fit into the greater plot. There's someone out there who does. I don't want to know. Just, <laughs> they're so ridiculous as characters. It's kind of charming, but it's still nonsensical. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Holy crap, we are just into this movie. Um, <laughs> so we then meet Mrs. Whistler, who is a missionary uh, slash smuggler uh, who takes the diamonds from Mr. Went and Mr. Kid and puts them into her ginormous Bible. Um, we are now introduced to Peter Franks, who is a smuggler who is going to meet Mrs. Whistler. Um, and Bond takes his identity via Money Penny, uh, and he's going to pretend to be uh, Peter Franks. And at this point, I noted that even the sideburns have sideburns in this movie. <laughs> it was the 1970s, and I mean, mutton chops, just, they're almost beards, but not quite. Right. They're, you can see where Wolverine got his inspiration during the 70s. <laughs> But uh, at this point, we then find, uh, we go to Amsterdam, where we find out that uh, Mrs. Whistler, uh, the sweet missionary smuggler lady, uh, has been drowned in the river at Amsterdam. Uh, we get a neat little history lesson on the skinny bridge at this point, and Mr. Went and Mr. Kid are just, you know, holding hands, going around Amsterdam. 
Oh boy, we are so early in this movie. Oh. <laughs> At this point, uh, Bond goes to meet uh, Frank's contact, and we meet Tiffany Case. And because we, as the viewer, as I'm sure you, as the potential viewer, um, are wondering why someone would have this name, none of us would care. Um, <laughs> we are told that she was born in a jewelry case at Tiffany's. How, how, how are you born in a jewelry case? Well, the way I like to think about about it is her mom put her feet in stirrups up on the counter <laughs> and they were like they were like, all right, all right, ma'am, you you have to wait for someone and they're like, my husband's not gonna be here and he's like, well, I'll catch the baby. She's like, nobody's touching this baby and she pulled herself up and she's like, ma'am, you really shouldn't do that. We sell stuff in here and she's like, I'm doing it and she <laughs> and she pushed out that baby and they had to sell that case and yeah. they had to lie about what happened to it. But anyhow, <laughs> my story right there was bad, like really bad. It was more entertaining than this movie. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, Tiffany, who's always in either a bikini or lingerie throughout most of the movie, changes her wig three times in a single scene. Yeah. Um, Bond makes a crass remark about the carpet matching the drapes. Um, and she uh, steals Bond's uh, cocktail glass to check his thumbprints against those of Peter Franks on file. Um and at this point, we're like, oh, he's going to be found out. Well, no, it matches because Bond had fake fingerprints on him. Yeah. I was trying to, as we were watching, I'm like, how did they get that back then? They didn't have the technology just to send it over. Well, he, she might but, have had a file on him or something. But but I'm just talking about for Bond's fingerprints to match it, for them to change it. But it's because he had the fake fingerprint. I've got to be honest. Logic doesn't just take leaps in this movie. <laughs> it takes flight. Like, yeah. ridiculous. Like, the fact that at some point Bond does not just become a full-on superhero is is something else in this movie. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Bond finds out via phone call that uh, Peter Franks escaped um, and is on his way over uh, to meet Case. Uh, Bond gets into a fight with uh, Peter Franks in an elevator in which glass breaks just because you touch your touch it with your <laughs> yeah. hand. Um, it's actually kind of a, a neat fight. It doesn't feel like it fits in this movie. Yeah. Um, but it it's in the movie. Uh, after <laughs> killing Franks, Bond plants his ID very obviously on the body. How? Tiffany and every other person in the building didn't notice him planning it because he like signals to everyone, waves his ID in the air before sticking it on the corpse. Um, at this point, uh, Bond is going to smuggle the diamonds uh, from Frank's inside Frank's body. Um, Felix Leiter pretends to be a customs agent to help smuggle it. Um, at this point, Leiter says, hey, where'd you put the diamonds? And uh, Bond says, elementary, my dear Felix. And Felix looks at Bond disgusted because he hid them in the most obvious place that any prison person knows to hide their things. <laughs> um, at this point, we get the most obvious mob guys pretending to work for a funeral home. Uh, we now learn that the movie uh, is going to take place in Nevada because 
you know, traveling around the globe, seeing interesting places. That's really boring. Let's go to Vegas, where yeah. it's just dirty and smoky and nasty all the time. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we find out the reason that the uh, hearse has slumber ink on it is they're going to a funeral home owned by Morton Slumber. And the writing on this film continues to just knock it out of the park. Sarcasm. <laughs> um, I didn't get, I didn't really get that until just now. Yes. So you said that, Mike, that's right. All right. So uh, they take Frank's body, they stick it in a coffin inside of the cremating machine. Crematory. Crematory. The thing that melts people. Anyhow, uh, they burn coffin and all down to ashes in the space of 45 seconds yeah. and then bring the urn to Bond. Now, I am no expert, but I am pretty certain that whatever is in that urn isn't what just went in there because <laughs> I'm pretty sure with a really hot fire, it would take more than a couple of hours to yeah. burn a human being down to ashes. Don't ask me how I know that. I just know that. <laughs> um, anyhow, we're going to keep on going because I don't want to keep you as long as this movie kept me. <laughs> um, Bond is knocked out by Wenton Kid. Uh, he walks by them, but apparently doesn't look at their face faces, even though they have profiles that you would see a mile away sending hair that's also like a foot long in the back it's uh. bad anyhow uh bond is put into the crematory oven um and uh it's actually intense again it's a scene that doesn't fit in this movie but this movie doesn't like consistency yeah uh bond is pulled out by the mob because they find out that the diamonds that he smuggled were fake um and they yell at him and he says, I'll bring you the real ones when I don't even remember. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Bond goes to a casino because the mob wouldn't keep him around and torture him for the location of the diamonds. Why would they do something that would make sense? <laughs> um, Bond plays craps at a casino. Uh, this is where you meet the most annoying person in any, in the whole well, movie. Well, not quite. Uh, he goes to meet Shady Tree, who is the most disinterested comedian ever. Oh, that's, that's true. Between two showgirls. Um, he tells a two-joke set and then tells the audience they're terrible and goes off stage. <laughs> yeah. Went and kid kill him. Um, and they're told after the fact, hey, we need Shady Tree alive. And they wince. They go, ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Bond, because he doesn't know what else to do, plays craps. Um, we are introduced to a, another, um, uh, I don't even want to call her a, 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 a lady or female character. This she's, is the person I was talking about. Oh yes. Yeah. She is. Um, she's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the sister of Natalie Wood, Lana Wood playing, uh, Plenty O'Toole. Yeah. You heard that correctly. Plenty O'Toole. Um, Bond makes the joke named after your father and I heard thunder strike my eyes rolled so hard <laughs> anyhow uh, we go up to Bond's room and we think Bond's going to do with Plenty O'Toole the same thing he would do with any Bond girl but 
The mob is up there waiting and they throw her out the window. Bond says, good shot. And the mobster says, I didn't know there was a pool down there. And for the first time in this movie, I smile because that was kind of clever. <laughs> a scene that will be duplicated several years later in the 2013 action film, The Wolverine. But I digress. Inside the room where uh, Plenty O'Toole was going to go to work, Tiffany Case is waiting to seduce Bond. All right, switching over to my notes. All right, at this point, we go to Circus Circus uh, at Las Vegas, which apparently still exists. Um, and we find out that Tiffany is going to try to get the diamonds uh, ahead of Bond. Little does she know she is being used by Bond. Uh, she goes over to the water balloon game that's at any local carnival. Doesn't care at all, uh, just like the viewers of this movie, and doesn't even point the gun at the water balloon. Uh, she manages to win. A kid calls her out on it, and she tells the kid to blow up his pants in <laughs> response to nothing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this movie's bad. Yeah. This movie is legitimate. Even I am... I feel bad for people listening to me doing this plot because this is me doing a plot of a bad movie and they're going to think it's my delivery, which it is. Yeah, but, but it's, it's the also movie. the movie. The movie is terrible. It's really that bad. I promise you people just oh. listening, it's really that bad. I wish you could wear a mask and not catch this movie, but <laughs> it can't be done. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Uh, we get some more casual racism as in this uh, sideshow. A black woman is turned into a man in a gorilla suit. Um, Tiffany gets away. Uh, at this point, uh, Bond tracks her to her house. Uh, at her house, Plenty O'Toole is in the pool dead. Uh, the killers thought that it was Tiffany. Uh, the diamonds, by the way, are inside a stuffed dog from a carnival. My mom actually had one of these, uh, except it was pink back in the yeah. day. It's the same stuffed dog that she won at the carnival. Yes. So were they in there before she won it, and that's why they gave it to her? Yes. So that was part of the setup. Okay. Yep. I kind of didn't get that before. I missed it. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, if you guys decide to stick with us, thanks. We're glad you like listening to us. But uh, again, if you're <laughs> thinking about watching the movie to watch this trainer, please don't. Don't, don't reward them. Please, I'm okay if we don't get the listen. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> after this. Now that they're gone, do, do you think we should finish the episode? Yeah, there might still be some people want they'll finish listening. Okay. We'll, we'll finish it for them. Hey, we we didn't see you there because this is a podcast. And if we saw you, that would be weird and we would be witches. Um, all right. So at this point, Bond and Tiffany are going to tail Willard White's pit boss um, because uh, he was working in conjunction with the, uh, the corrupt people at the White House Casino. Uh, that's White spelled W-H-Y-T-E. Uh, at this point, Jill... Uh, is able to get Bond into uh, the pit boss's van by stand by pulling her car out in front at a self at a full service gas station, uh, and while everyone's behind it, uh, she yells back, "If you keep laying on that tutor, uh, you're going to get a shot in the mouth." <laughs> 
Uh, she is the best part of this movie, and she's still terrible. <laughs> um, anyhow, ugh, moving on. I'm trying to move fast through this. Um, once Bond gets to the hideout, Bond fakes out another guy going into the building, uh, into using his card to swipe them in. Uh, Bond trolls for info. He is quickly found out when the man he is masquerading as shows up at the same location. Um, he apparently uncovers the fact that they faked the moon landing. <laughs> um, they are on a soundstage in full NASA gear uh, and everything. And they are moving in slow motion. And then as Bond and the security guards run through the set, they continue to move in slow motion. And they, it doesn't face them at all. They don't look at them. They don't do anything. They just keep doing what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, Bond gets into a moon car uh, because he needs to make a quote unquote speedy getaway <laughs> in a vehicle that's top land speed is 20 miles an hour. Um, and as he's being chased, uh, the cars chasing crash for no reason, even though they would easily take him out uh, at this point the security gets smart and decides hey instead of being in a stable vehicle that could chase this moon lander we're going to get into the most volatile all-terrain vehicles that were ever designed by man three wheelers <sighs> and they decide to give chase and bond being the smart guy he is steals an atv because hey it's faster than a moon vehicle uh -huh. uh, at this point uh the security for Willard White calls into the uh, Las Vegas sheriff, uh, who, upon seeing Bond go by, says, There goes that SOB and saboteur. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we then get an actually kind of interesting car chase through the Vegas Strip. Uh, Bond makes an escape through an alleyway by putting his car up on two wheels, which is a neat stunt. Uh, it's neater because it was done practically but uh it just goes to show you even in the worst bond movie there are scenes that will make me smile <laughs> um at this point uh tiffany under protection is going to stay in the room while james sneaks into uh the penthouse of the white house that's w-h-y-t-e not the actual presidential Oh. Location, <laughs> yes. Um, he climbs up, and there's actually some tension in this scene because they're actually doing a stunt up at the top of a major Las Vegas casino. Um, he uses a gra grapple gun, swings up, and lands in a bathroom slash bar slash security office. Uh, and uh, as he's in there, he is informed to take off that hog leg, referring to the gun inside of his coat. Uh, the voice on the other end is supposed to be white, but shocker when Bond comes out the door, it's Blofeld. Oh, wait a minute. He's supposed to be dead. Yep. And Blofeld, there's another one. He's alive and an incredible BO artist. Uh, at this point, Bond, still holding the grapple gun, uses it to kill the double. Blofeld holds him at gunpoint and sends him to Wint, Wint, ugh, Wint and Kid for disposal. So I guess they were working together, but it's not really obvious. <laughs> they may have just been contractors who got a job. Maybe. But then here's where I get mad. They don't bury him alive. They don't just kill him. He's unconscious. Mm -hmm. They put him 
in a pipe at a construction site and leave. Laughing it's all the way. Literally laughing all the way. Thanks. It is an open pipe. There are concrete pipes. There's easily a mile's worth of concrete pipe sections that are just out in the open air before they're going to get to Bonds. How do they know that that Bonds going to get buried? But fortunately, Bond is a sound sleeper and sleeps <laughs> through them building a concrete tunnel with him in it. And fortunately, no uh construction worker ever has checked their materials <laughs> before building with them. And it's one of those huge concrete pipes that a six foot person could almost stand in. Yes. And so when they're hooking it up to the crane to move it, why did they not see him? Are they blind? Yeah. So when Bond escapes this scene, it's less of a wow and it's more of a duh. <laughs> Any child could escape from this. Yes. Anyhow. Oh my gosh. How much? We're halfway through. Oh my gosh, there's so much more. Guys, I'm sorry. I really am. This was bad for all of us. Anyhow, uh, Bond uh, goes back to Felix and utilizes the same technology that Blofeld used to fake the mob boss's voice, uh, setting up Blofeld. At this point, he goes to the location divulged by Blofeld, and he... Uh, finds Willard White's safe house where he meets the uh, two female guards. Uh, Bambi and Thumper. Yes. Bambi and Thumper. Two women who, one I couldn't find information on, but the other one is uh, like a, she made a living at dance choreography, but they're gymnasts. It's actually impressive, some of the gymnastic feats they do. What's less impressive is that they just kind of tap Bond whenever they kick at him, and we have what's supposed to be a fight until he attempts to drown them. <laughs> um, at this point, we're introduced to the best actor in the movie, uh, Jimmy Dean, as Willard White. <laughs> and uh, if you're thinking Jimmy Dean is in The Sausage, yes, that's Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Um, he was also a singer. He also did some acting, as proven by this movie. And he's still one of the best performers in this movie. And he's not good. <laughs> um, at this point, we go back over to one of the casinos in Vegas. Q is using a device to get jackpots on all the slot machines. And Jill... Um, uh, Tiffany, pardon me. Jill St. John is the actress's name. Uh, Tiffany goes You've up to... You've done that a couple times, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany goes up to Q and is like, Hey, Mr. Q, how's it going? When did she meet Q? How, How does she know him? Yeah. When did they meet? Did Bond just go through and like give the entire hierarchy of <laughs> MI6 to this woman who has already shown that she works for the bad guys? Yeah. What's happening in this and movie? It's not just her going up. She's kind of like talking to him while he's working and doing his experiments oh and she just keeps talking to him in perky voice and asking him, uh, yeah. So at this point, um, she notices a very manly woman moving across the <laughs> casino floor. And, uh, as she gives chase, she is pulled into a car with Blofeld in full Mrs. Doubtfire drag. Um, carrying his cat. And if you think no, there's no way he actually looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm going to post this on my Instagram. Yes, he looks <laughs> like Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, 
my gosh, Austin Powers was more straightforward than this movie. Um, we find out that the diamonds being stolen are being used on a satellite uh, that shoots lasers. Uh, the lasers are being used to blow up mil uh, missiles and the military forces around the world. So Blofeld is effectively holding the world superpowers for ransom. Um, we find out that Blofeld is operating from an oil tanker off the coast of somewhere. Um, <laughs> and a plane flies over and drops a bubble. Bond comes out in a full suit because um, that's how he goes. Uh, conveniently, Tiffany is on board just hanging out in a bikini. Uh, apparently, she wanted money? Question mark. Um, she's decided she's going to help Bond. Um, and uh, let's see here. Well, she's told to put more clothes on. And so she comes out. She puts sleeves on. And sleeves, yeah. Yeah, she has a, a bikini. bikini top with sleeves. Yeah. Uh, this movie hates women. Um, so I make a note at this point that Bo Blofeld at this point has had innumerable chances to kill Bond. He has had days, weeks, months to make something exquisite in the way he kills him or be as simple as a gunshot to the head. I have determined that Ernst Stavro Blofeld is in love with James Bond. And it would fit this movie. Yeah. Um, at this point, we learned that Bond's game was to switch out the tapes that uh, send the signal to the satellite. Um, and Jill, he slides the tape into Jill's bikini briefs um, because he's a sexist, uh, calls her a bitch. Um, and... Uh, she then thinks, oh, I know what James wants. And they just turn her into a complete and total dum-dum. <laughs> and God, this movie really hates women. Um, so Jill goes to Bond. He calls her a twit. Um, he pulls some balloons to signal the cavalry. Uh, the tanker is attacked. Uh, Blofeld decides to make his escape on a sub, which is being lowered on a... Crane and Bond just in the middle of all of this. They're all being shot at. But they're being shot there. at. The place is blowing up. He decides to play with Blofeld and the sub like it's a wrecking ball. Um, we get an explosion. Uh, at the end of the movie, they've escaped. I'm going to wrap this up as quick as I can. Uh, they're on a cruise liner, uh, Bond and Tiffany, uh, sitting down to dinner. And room service is Went and Kid. <laughs> who obviously looked the same as they did in the funeral home. But that's not what Bond notices. Bond notices their aftershave. Uh, they've put a bomb in dessert. Uh, Bond sets Went on fire, and he blows up Kid. And I say at the end of this movie, good riddance. This, uh, this movie, oh my gosh. So did Mr. Blofeld die in that explosion when so, he blew up the tanker? Or because he was in that little submarine boat, so even though he was... Uh, there is one more appearance by this character um, in the old James Bond movies before we get to Daniel Craig. We will see him one more time. So it didn't kill him. So he got away because he was inside the little boat. I, I <laughs> guess. Nothing about this movie makes sense. It hurts me. <laughs> I love a bad movie as, as much as anybody. This movie hurts me. It hurt me to watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I was I tried to watch it and after yeah I, I started having to distract myself and then go back to pay attention because it's it was that bad I was like I can't I can't especially with what was her name the um the girl that was on it for two minutes plenty of tool plenty of tool I can't even never remember her name. No, it's okay. She's entirely forgettable, and she's in the movie ten for seconds with ten her, seconds. Ten seconds with her into it with her. I, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I physically said that, and I picked up my phone and went to Facebook for a few yeah. minutes until until they killed her. Yeah, this this movie reminded me of sitting with one of my nephews uh, before they cross that threshold into adolescence when they're telling you a story and they keep making stuff up and they don't know continuity yeah. uh, plot their progression their voice kept getting higher and then they're like and it was cool when and then they tell you the thing and yeah the individual parts of that story are cool but it just kept going yeah. and going and going and making no sense and I was so glad for this movie to end. I so Connery's Bond was already not my favorite. This solidified him as my least favorite Bond. Yeah. Um. So for the two that we've seen so far, we've got uh, George Lazenby and Sean Connery. Lazenby had one movie, and he was the weakest actor in that movie, but he was still charming and enjoyable yes. to watch. And I didn't feel like he was preying on everyone in every scene yes. he was with. Whereas Connery just, his bond is just a predator out to, out to get what's his. Yeah. And just, I felt gross watching his character move, <laughs> but that that's me. I, I'm sure there are people who enjoy this movie. If you enjoy really campy, bad movies, watch this. You might enjoy it. This was one for me. I I don't know that I will ever watch this movie ever again. Even for sleeping through? Uh, even for sleeping through. <laughs> I don't want nightmares. It's Now that you've seen it from beginning to end, yeah, it's, this it's not is, worth it. This is it's not worth the airtime. I've seen some I've seen some movies that are rough. This is a bad movie. Yeah. And that's that's so sad. Yeah. That is so sad. After last week's movie, which was brilliant and ends on this cliffhanger that is resolved in this movie in the worst way possible. Yes. In, in the previous movie, Bond's wife, moments into Wedded Bliss, is executed. And Bond now has to continue on. No, she's not even acknowledged. Right. It's Nothing. so horrible. It's so sad. Yeah. And uh, and all the cleverness and subtlety of the previous movie. Gone. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. That's like so, a standalone movie right there. And then you will hope someday they'll make a sequel to it. So just, I'm sorry if this was kind of a downer for you guys. Ordinarily, we like to talk about things that we really enjoy. And, and to end this... The way we scheduled our day, we did this on Friday. We yeah. watched we watched this movie knowing it was going to be bad, and then we watched Hamilton. And it Hamilton was really good. Was beautiful. I've listened to the album so many times. Seeing the performances were great, yeah. awesome, and I honestly needed the palate cleanser after this. Yeah, movie. 
I enjoyed Hamilton. I had a hard time following through the first half of it, like e- emotionally connecting to it. Yeah. Like where you were very emotionally co- connected. I cried many times. But the second half, I was able to follow it more. I just, even, you know, I knew all the songs because I've listened to the album with you many times. But being able to see Act Out really helped me to understand what was going on, but I still couldn't connect to it yes. like I wanted to, like I was hoping I would. But it was still, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. we'll at some point go back and do a Hamilton cast mm-hmm. where we where we talk about that in depth. But um, so we've had other Bond movies that we didn't like as much. This is the first one that that was hard. So uh, next week, I'm really looking forward to, if for no other reason than at the very least, the uh, the song for the movie is really good. Next <laughs> week is Live and Let Die. It is our first Roger Moore James Bond movie, um, and it is taking the campiness of this movie and setting it in a movie where that's the world this character inhibits. Uh, whereas Diamonds Are Forever is a campy movie that's trying to be serious, Roger Moore's movies are mostly just campy movies. Yeah. And... I think they're enjoyable because of that. Yeah, that's the way they were made. Yes. Maybe it's because when they saw how bad the last one is, they decided to go that route and intentionally make it like that. And so it makes a better movie. But I I do want to note before we close out that this movie is, for me, it it marks a transition in what James Bond is. Um, All of these movies up till now, uh, from Dr. No until Honor Majesty's Secret Service, kind of functioned... um, looking at the the hierarchy of James Bond, almost like Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start small and you work bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you get to that one experimental movie where you're willing to give it stakes. And this movie in particular is a transition into something else. This is the movie that makes the series leave that it could be silly, but it's still a blockbuster kind of serious movie into it's almost self parody now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of a joke. Uh, the James Bond movies from now until, um, until we get to Timothy Dalton in the 1980s, uh, there'll be some James Bond moments going forward that are more serious than others. Uh, but these are kind of silly movies from here on out uh, mm-hmm. and, and not, because it's a silly concept. It's silly because they're silly. Yeah. Um, but I think that those are going to prove themselves more fun. Yeah. Because they know what they are. Their tongue is planted firmly in cheek, ready to be something silly, something goofy, something where James Bond is the worst spy of all time. And it's kind of a joke. But yeah. Um, Thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Uh, if you uh, if you have stuck all the way through this, just shoot me a, a private message in person or uh, uh, via my cell or uh, Instagram or Twitter, and and just say bobsled. That's all you got to say. <laughs> you watched all, you listened all the way through this. Just send me the message bobsled, just to let me know that you endured to the end. Um, there's not a crown of life in it for you, but. Um, Yeah, there's not. Uh, I'm sorry you wasted your time. I'll see you next week, hopefully, uh, for Live and Let Die with Roger Moore.
Bye.